Hallelujah. 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 Christ is risen from the grave. That's the good news. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good news. The good news is this is Happy Resurrection Day. Happy Easter, Desert Stream. Happy Easter to the world that is listening right now. We believe in the risen Savior, and we believe that he is the hope of our world. He did not stay in the grave, but he is resurrected today with resurrection power. And I just want to decree and declare Romans 5, 5 over you today that says, hope no longer disappoints us. Can you just say that? Hope no longer disappoints me. Hope no longer disappoints us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. Holy Spirit lives in you. That means the love of God lives in you. And the love of God, according to 1 Corinthians 4, 18 says, perfect love casts out all fear. You just release that love of God. You just release that. And we just release that resurrection life on the inside of you right now. We release resurrection life to rise up in the midst of you, begin to mantle you and quicken you and fortify you and begin to displace every bit of hopelessness and every bit of fear is coming off of you right now. Hope is arising. We decree and declare into your, into your bedroom right now, into your living room, into your basement, into your car, wherever you find yourself. We are, we are are believing with you today that hope is arising and fear is leaving and strength is coming and a peace that passes all understanding is beginning to guard your heart and your mind receive this today receive that I just see just I just see things coming off of you I see things lifting off of you right now I, I see a light. I see a bright light. I see this light coming out of you, beginning to displace all the darkness. We don't need to curse the darkness. You need to just begin to praise God. You need to glorify God. You need to begin to lift up the name of Jesus. Don't be guided by the circumstantial evidence that is going around. Don't be guided by that. That's not your identification. Your identification is in the risen Savior. We put our hope in him today. So I just want to decree and declare that just before Pastor Kevin comes and brings the word today. Romans 5, 5 says, hope no longer disappoints us. Hope, a better day is coming. A better day is here. Bless you guys today. Pastor Kevin. Thank you so much, Barry, for that word of exhortation today and encouragement. Don't you feel built up and encouraged because of an exhortation from somebody who's just carrying uh, the joy of the Lord in their spirit and releasing that uh, in this time that we're walking out right now? Uh, you know, uh, we've been blessed to be able to get up and running uh, right from the first week that we were no longer able to meet as a church. And we've been, we've been blessed to be able to, to broadcast um, and, uh, you know, but it hasn't been that it had the, 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 this hasn't affected us as a church. You know, we have seen, uh, you know, financially, uh, you know, people aren't working and people are not able to, uh, to maybe give the way that they have usually been able to. And so 
we're turning to you today to just let you know uh, that we're, we're going to continue to do this and to broadcast every week, bringing uh, messages of hope throughout the week, but we need your help as well. And uh, I think we have a slide there for you uh, that shows you how you can help us. And I realize that, you know, giving, we can't do that uh, here in person yet. Uh, that's coming soon. But uh, we do have the opportunity for you to do it via uh, text to give, uh, via your app, a Desert Stream app, which you can download from the Android or iTunes store. Or you can go onto our webpage at www.desertstream.com. Uh, desertstream.net, and then you can find there the place to be able to give as well. We appreciate any support that you can give us during this season. Uh, every donation counts, whether large or small, and uh, we are so appreciative of all the people that are partnering with us and helping with us in this season that we're in. Um, also, just for those locally, some of the folks that, that they, they're not uh, you know, credit card users, they only have a debit card or cash or check, we have the office open every day, uh, five days a week, Monday through Friday. We're open from 10 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon. So there's somebody here. Uh, if you want to bring by, you're offering your gift at that time. There's somebody here to help you and to serve you. If you have any other need or something you need to let us know about, we're here for that as well. We'll be answering the phones, taking calls during that time as well. Uh, we're still on duty, still working, and still doing everything we can to be a blessing in this season. So... Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for all of your love and support for us during this time. Well, today is obviously Resurrection Sunday, and you know how you can tell? Because I'm wearing a suit. This is one of, I think, uh, two days in the year when Pastor Kevin wears a suit. I wear one on Christmas Eve as well, just to kind of shake things up for people. And uh, I'm not really a suit guy, but I'm wearing one today. And I'm kind of, my wife tells me this is periwinkle. I don't know what color this is because I'm colorblind. But it supposedly is pretty Eastery and very festive, this color. So I'm in my, my best periwinkle uh, suit here today. And, <clears throat> you know, celebrating uh, in, in what would be as most normal fashion as I can uh, Easter. I was talking with uh, my uh, brother-in-law, Paul Reed, yesterday, and uh, we actually live right next door to each other now, so we're chatting over the fence, and uh, kind of like Tim Allen and Wilson next door. And so anyway, he was, uh, it was his birthday this past week. Happy birthday, Paul. And he was saying that this is the first time in his life that he can remember uh, not being in church on Easter Sunday. And I know many of you are feeling the exact same way. This is the first time you can remember in your whole life not being uh, in church on Easter Sunday. Others, you're saying, hey, uh, I never went to church for years, so this is like kind of a throwback to my earlier days. But we're so glad that you are here with us this morning and you're celebrating church this way. Because you know what? No matter what's going on in the world, it's not going to stop us from rejoicing in the risen Lord Jesus Christ. We are here today to say Easter is still alive. The celebration is in our hearts, and we are as excited about what Jesus has done and raising from the dead today as any other Easter uh, in the past. So thank you for joining with us today. You know, uh, in Italy, there is a... Uh, a, a mountain that they climb and every year uh, in the Swiss, I mean in the Italian Alps, they, they go up this and they do the stations of the cross as they go up the, uh, the face of this mountain there are marked out along there. And when they get to the, to the top, there's a, a, a cross there symbolizing the crucifixion of Jesus. And one year, not too long ago, somebody noticed that there, what looked like 
the remains of a, of a trail going off to the side. And so as the crowd began to dissipate, uh, you know, he began to just kind of work away and it was overgrown with brush and stuff. And before he knew it, he came out to a, a, a final uh, shrine, a final uh, testament. And it was to the tomb. It was an empty tomb to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And for uh, decades, maybe even hundreds of years, people have been going as far as the cross, but they had been missing that there was something beyond the cross. And today in our world, there are many people who when they think of Christianity, they think of the, the cross that they wear around their neck, they think of the, the cross becomes the centerpiece of it, it becomes the symbol of it. And maybe that's because it's very hard to wear a tomb, an empty tomb around our neck. I don't know how you would do that. But the reality is, is that there's something beyond the cross. There, there is no Christian faith if we don't go beyond the cross to the resurrection. You know, Mel Gibson in his movie, the, uh, the Passion of the Christ, spends two hours doing an excellent job portraying the journey that our Savior took to the cross. But the resurrection is like a 30-second footnote at the end of the movie. You know, in reality, the resurrection is, is what makes Good Friday and the sacrifice uh, something that was efficacious, that was effective for you and for me. For if Christ, Paul says, had not been raised from the dead, then we're still all in our sins. We are still all lost. But Christ did raise, and here we sit today, experiencing resurrection life and resurrection power. Amen? And it's all because of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 19, it says this, If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. You know, Paul was establishing the power and the centerpiece of the resurrection with that passage. He was saying to you and to I that, that if there is no resurrection, if the centerpiece of our faith didn't happen, then we have made the sacrifices, we have laid down our lives or nothing. Paul goes on in his scripture, though, to, to confirm that Jesus did raise from the dead and that Jesus is at the center of our faith. And because he rose from the dead, we have every reason to rejoice. We have every reason to celebrate. Hallelujah. Did you know that Thomas Jefferson didn't believe in the supernatural? He was a great man, great president of the United States, but he didn't believe in the supernatural. So what he did was he wrote his own version of the Bible. Did you know that? And in his version of the Bible, he took out all of the supernatural elements of the Scripture. So in Thomas Jefferson's version of the Bible, uh, when it comes in the Gospels to the part where Jesus uh, was crucified and laid in the tomb, this is all it says. It says, There laid they Jesus and rolled a great stone at the mouth of the tomb, and departed. That's it. In Thomas Jefferson's Bible, that's where the story ends. There's no resurrection. There's no other part to the story at all. Thank God this morning we're not reading from Thomas Jefferson's version of the Bible. Amen? Thank God that we know the story didn't end there, that the story goes on from there, and that there is resurrection. There is life. There is power after the cross. Hallelujah. And I think that... Um, you know, that lack of understanding of, uh, of why the resurrection is important and, and what the resurrection means has had a profound impact on us today. There are many people who, who claim to follow Christ but don't understand the significance of the events that took place surrounding the resurrection. 
When modern writers talk about the resurrection, you know, many of them are speaking only about a particular moment. They're, they're talking about the time that the ground shook and the stone was rolled away and Jesus was supernaturally uh, transformed. And they look at, at that, uh, him coming out of the grave, as what they're talking about and testifying to in the resurrection. But you know what? When, when the early writers, when Paul and those who wrote the, 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 the scriptures were talking about the resurrection, they weren't talking about that specific event. They were talking about a, a life that Christ had been resurrected to. That he had been resurrected to. Listen to what C.S. Lewis says about this. He said, this almost exclusive concentration on the first five minutes or so of the resurrection would have astonished the earliest Christian teachers. In claiming to have seen the resurrection... They were not necessarily claiming to have seen that particular event. What they were claiming is that they had all, at one time or another, met Jesus during the six or seven weeks following his death. Sometimes they seemed to have been alone uh, when they did so, but on another occasion, 12 of them saw him together, and on another, about 500 of them saw him at the same time. St. Paul says that the majority of the 500 were still alive when he wrote his letters in his first letter to the Corinthians in 55 A.D. The resurrection to which the first century Christians bore witness was, in fact, not the action of rising from the dead, but the state of being risen. You understand what I'm getting at today? Today, we're not just celebrating that moment when Jesus ascended from the grave. We're actually celebrating the fact that he lives today in resurrection of glory. We are celebrating the fact that, that he was transformed, raised from the dead in that moment, and lives today in transformed resurrection power, and that you and I have a promise that we too shall all raise in that same power and in that same life that Christ is experiencing today. Today is Easter Sunday 2020. And that doesn't mean a 2020 AD, and that doesn't mean it 2020 years after his death, as many people think it means. But it means instead that this is the year 2020 A.D. And, and that comes, A.D. comes from Latin, and it, it literally means Anno Domini. And the full phrase is Anno Domini Nostre Esu Christi. Not bad. My Latin's, uh, I'm working on it. But uh, what it literally means is that we're living in 2020, the years of our Lord. That we're living in the days and the dominion of our Christ. That is what we are living in. We're not living in... 2020 years since he died on the cross, we're living in 2020 years since he was born and continues to live today in resurrection glory. That is what we are living in. We live in the years of our resurrected Savior who lives forever in glory and power. Now, second thing we have to understand is that when we talk about the resurrection, we're not just talking about the fact that now Christ has created for us immortality. You know, before uh, Jesus came, before Jesus lived and walked the earth, and, and before Jesus died and then rose again, guess what? When you died, you still lived forever. People, uh, all people, have an eternal soul. And we've always lived forever, even before Christ. The difference is that in Christ's case, uh, when he rose from the dead, he established a new way for us to live forever. Not just as people who, who are either, you know, of faith in God or are not of faith of God, but as people who are transformed forever. That we as believers are, are, have been purchased by Christ and are, 
walking in a promise that one day we will experience glory with a, a fully new life and fully new uh, experience and body in, in walking it out just as Christ has done. The New Testament is speaking of Christ raising from the dead as the first event of its kind in all of history. And we are told that Jesus is the first fruits, the pioneer of a new life that is to come. Jesus uh, has forced open the door that was locked from the beginning of, of man uh, right from the garden. And he has met and fought and beat the king of death. And everything is different because of Jesus' death and resurrection. We are now a new creation. A new chapter in cosmic history has begun because of what Jesus did in raising from the dead. Because of the resurrection, we no longer just live forever. We live forever as completely new creations in him. We live as no one had ever lived before Christ. We get to live that way with him now. Isn't that exciting? That's really what resurrection is about. The final thing I want you to know today is that the, the resurrection is not just a, a reversal for Christ. It's not that Jesus was you know, a spirit and then he came and was incarnated in his flesh and then he went back to being a spirit. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what happened in the resurrection. But if we're honest, that's what many of us, I think, believe happens to us after we die. That we, we really, as Christians, we, we sometimes are guilty of having beliefs that are not much different than Scientology or, or you know, New Age thinking uh, in that we believe that when we die, all of a sudden we become a, a disembodied spirit that's floating around in the clouds, you know? But the reality is, that's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that we will raise from uh, one day and be made anew and be given a new body, an eternal body. And that we won't be, you know, just some disembodied spirit floating around in the cosmos. We're not going to be just reaching some plane of existence when we're freed from an actual body. We will have a resurrection body. That we will have a place, Jesus said, I prepare a place for you. A place for you to live and to walk and to exist for all of eternity with him. So that's what happened in the resurrection. It wasn't uh, 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 Christ being returned to a state that he was in before, but rather it's a remaking, a new state, a new existence that you and I will share with him when we cast off this body of flesh and are given a body that is supernaturally endowed with resurrection power from Jesus Christ. Amen? That's the promise of the Lord for each and every one of us. And here's the thing. It's not just for, for, for Christ, or it's not just for the Apostle Paul and the super-Christians. It's a promise for every one of us. We all get to walk in that kind of hope. You know, the story is told that in June 18th of 1815, the Battle of Waterloo, the French, under the command of Napoleon, were fighting the Allies, the British, the Dutch, and the Germans, under the command of Wellington. The people of England depended at the time on a system of semaphore signals that were, uh, that were uh, allowed them to know how things were going in the battle. And these signal stations uh, were basically towers that went from one place to the other communicating what was going on. And one of those towers was on Winchester Cathedral. Late in the day, it flashed the signal. Wellington defeated. Just at that moment, a sudden English fog settled in and no one could see that there was anything more to the message. Immediately, people became upset. They thought, we've lost, we've lost the war. But then as the cloud lifted, they saw Wellington defeated the enemy. 
And those two words changed everything. People began to rejoice in the streets. They began to realize, we won, we won. That's an incredible picture of what took place on Easter Sunday. I'm sure Satan was wringing his hands thinking, we've got victory, we've won, we've done it, we've defeated our, the, we've defeated God. We've defeated his plan. But they weren't counting on Resurrection Sunday. Jesus rose from, from the dead, and, and all of a sudden, everything changed in an instant. And we realize we won. We overcome. We are the ones that are victorious. Satan didn't win. God won. He fulfilled his plan, and Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead. And so today, you and I need to realize that we are winners. Every one of us through faith in Jesus Christ, we are winners. Defeat has turned into victory. Sorrow has turned into rejoicing. And here's the, the great part for every one of us. As Christ rose, so shall you and I. Praise the Lord. C.S. Lewis, again, he describes resurrection glory this way. Listen, this is powerful. He said, for a few seconds, Peter walked on water, and the day will come when there will be a remade universe, infinitely obedient to the will of glorified and obedient men and women. When we can do all things, when we shall be those gods that we are described as being in the scripture. That's what we are being raised to. We're being raised to a place where the, everything will walk and function in obedience to the children of God. And you know what? Here's the thing about it. In many ways, it, it, it isn't, uh, something that we only have to look forward to. It begins the moment Christ transforms our life. So much of resurrection life is ours right now. It's a life of authority, a life of victory, a life of joy, a life of blessing. Christ has released so much of it to us right now as a deposit, the scripture says, as a, as a guarantee of what's yet to come. That's what he's done for us. That's what he's done for us. So great is, the, the, is Paul's passion about the resurrection that he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. He says, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Did you get that this morning? Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You know, he also writes in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 21 and 22, he says, For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, in Christ, so in Christ all will be made alive. Wow, what a promise from the Lord. And Paul was focused on resurrection glory in and through his life, and he walked in that power and authority every day as he sojourned this planet. Now, let me just close by talking to us in this moment here today. This is, uh, you know, it's wonderful for us to grasp exactly what took place in the Scripture and, and to understand what our, our eternal transformation will look like and even understand how our lives are transformed while we're walking in Christ today. But I know many of you are thinking, but you know, Pastor, right now, things seem pretty difficult. They seem pretty difficult. I know that right now things seem bleak, and as I mentioned earlier, this is the first time in my lifetime I was raised a, a Catholic boy. I, I was in church every Easter uh, my whole life. I was an altar boy. I don't remember not being in church on Easter Sunday, and I get to be here today, but 
be honest with you, it's not quite the same as it usually would be since I'm looking at cameras and a few people running them today. We're not celebrating. We don't have the same experience maybe that we would have every other Sunday that we would have gathered. But I believe in many ways uh, this time that we're in is kind of like the events of Good Friday. This time is a time or a season of, 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 of emptiness and a season of, of, of darkness, a season of hopelessness. It seems like a season of, uh, in many ways, of death, not just physically, but emotionally in so many ways. Death to our way of life, to our family gatherings, to our social gatherings, to our activities, everything from sports to shopping to gardening. You know, you're like, I can't do it the way I would normally have done it. But you know, gardening's a great metaphor because in the scripture, even Jesus said, but once that seed falls into the ground and it dies, it's able to bring forth new life. So today... Uh, we may be still in the throes of what feels like Good Friday. We may, may be still in the throes of what feels like suffering. But hear me today, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. And when it does, God is going to bring us to a time and to a season of, of joy and appreciation for what we have that is going to be second to none. There will be an enthusiasm in our spirits about getting together and about sharing with one another that is, is the kind of enthusiasm that Christ wants to be in our lives every day. And God is speaking to hearts today in this season like never before. God has people's attention today like never before. Our foundations uh, in this world have been shaken and revealed that for far too many, these were the only foundations that we had. The message of the gospel, which is completed, culminated on Easter Sunday, is that Christ wants to form in you and in me some new foundations. He wants to create a new, solid foundation, a firm foundation, not one of brick or mortar or earthly goods or pleasures or even uh, earthly temporal relationships, but rather a foundation that's formed on him and him alone. That's what Christ wants to do. He is calling us to him today. He's calling us to resurrection life and to resurrection glory, to eternal hope and to eternal fulfillment. And the beautiful thing is that for you and I, if you're listening to my voice right now, it begins today. You may never have actually went to church before. You might be tuning in for the first time to an Easter Sunday service. But I want you to know that that this joy that we're talking about, this resurrection life and resurrection glory is for you as well. And that it can begin today. All you need to do is ask Christ to take the, the sacrifice that he made and, and, and apply it to your life, to confess your, your life and your sins and your failures to him. Place them on him and receive from him healing and receive from him restoration. Receive from him glory. Christ wants to give that to you today. Some aspects of the new life and the new creation will not be experienced until we slip past the veil of this flesh and we receive our inheritance, our full inheritance with a uh, glorified body. But you know what? Other aspects of resurrection life begin the moment we say yes to Jesus. They begin the moment we walk into relationship with him and begin to experience the sacrifice and the joy uh, of that sacrifice that he made for you and for me. And so today, uh, just as we are struggling in this present time, 
look at it as this time is like the Good Friday experience and recognize that, that uh, Easter Sunday in, in the physical is coming for all of us just as it did on that first Easter Sunday so many years ago. That Christ is inviting you in this season to lay down all the old foundations that you have and take up the new foundation of Jesus Christ and experience the life that is in him today. This resurrection life is what makes your life and mine full and complete. Won't you receive that from him today? Won't you take his offer and his gift today and and receive it into your life? I'm going to pray with you here in just a moment, and I'm going to ask you to, to, if if you're hearing my voice and you're hearing this message and you're saying, man, how, how, how do I get hold of that kind of joy, that kind of hope? That he's talking about. All you need to do is ask. All you need to do today is to, to confess your sins and your, your faults, lay them up at his feet, lay, give them to Christ, and then receive from him healing and transformation today that he gives. And walk, begin to walk this journey of resurrection life in Christ today. Paul describes it this way. He says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. He said, old things pass away. Behold, All things, everybody say all things. All things become new. That is exactly what Christ has for you and for me. Amen. I'm going to ask you right now to just, uh, wherever you are, sitting in your living room, maybe, uh, you know, maybe you haven't even crawled out of bed yet, but you're listening to what uh, I'm saying this morning. I'm going to invite you to pray with me uh, and to invite Christ into your life. And if, and if you've pray, you prayed this prayer with us in just a moment, then would you go on Facebook, let us know. Uh, tell, tell somebody, tell somebody that you know, I made a decision to follow Christ today. Get in touch with us, uh, you know, as a church, email us, or you can go to the contact on our webpage and say, this is what happened today. We would love to get in touch with you. We'd love to send you some material. We'd love to connect you, uh, no matter where you are, where you live, with a, a life-giving church that would just pour into you and support you and strengthen you in your journey with Christ. We want to do that with you today. Would you just pray with me now? Just repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, I come to you today and I acknowledge my need of you. I need resurrection life. I need hope and a future. And so today I lay my life at your feet. I turn over my sins to you my whole life to you. And I invite you to come in to cleanse me, to heal me, and to make me whole. I ask you, Christ, today to give me resurrection life, resurrection power, resurrection authority, resurrection hope. That I ask you to transform me into a new creation, to help me put old things away and to allow everything to become new. I thank you for your grace that, Lord, I can come to you today just as I am and that you will take my life just as it is and transform it by your power and your grace. Thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you prayed that today, maybe for the first time in your life, or maybe you were just rededicating yourself to Christ today, then please do get in touch with us or get in touch with somebody that you know that is already a believer in Christ. We want to help you in any way that we can to take this journey in Jesus uh, to the next level of what Christ wants to do in your life. He has plans for you. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans not to harm you uh, or, or to hurt you. They're plans to give you a hope and a future. That's what Christ has for you, for me, for every one of us today. Hope and a future because of resurrection power. Amen? Thank you so much again for tuning in with us today. We love you. We're praying for you. Uh, again, uh, please feel free to contact us. Send in prayer requests. Send in, uh, you know, your praise reports. If you've experienced healing, if you've experienced encouragement, if you've uh, given your life to Christ, please let us know. We want to do anything we can to help you in your journey with Jesus Christ because he loves you. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and have a wonderful weekend this Easter weekend.